Well, good morning and welcome to Converge Live right here at 1611 Wilmoth Road, the home of Converge Church. We're so glad that you chose to make Converge a part of your weekend worship experience. Uh, we're going to do something very special uh, here uh, this morning. And as you may have noticed, uh, listen, y'all, we're growing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's always a beautiful opportunity to have when, when your parking lot is full and you're thinking about creative ways uh, to get people situated and parked and so that they can enjoy the worship experience. Come on, just one time, show your love for our amazing parking team. Listen, we're figuring this out, uh, and, uh, and thank you so much for your patience as we learn and as we grow together. Speaking of growing, speaking of growing, uh, uh, several of you uh, in the service this morning uh, participated in our Next Steps class. It's the, step, uh, the class that we have for everyone who uh, is considering uh, membership here at Converge Church. And we're proud to announce to you this morning that uh, we're going to introduce to our church family, listen to me, 16 new households. 16 new families. Not individuals. 16 families that are making Converge Church home. Come on, somebody. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our sight. We serve an awesome God, amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Listen, listen, for some of you, you may not understand about what the excitement is about, but listen, listen, uh, uh, we, we uh, uh, at the height of the pandemic, uh, we made a decision because we were meeting portable. Uh, we were portable meeting in a movie theater, and uh, God moved upon us, man. We reached out to our friends here at Preston Trail. Uh, the only problem with that is we were moving 17 miles east, and we could only meet on Saturday nights. It was the middle of the summer. So when we would gather on Saturday nights, we reconciled that this would be our studio audience for a global congregation. We would show up on Saturday nights. Uh, apart from the people who were serving on our worship team and production team, we probably only had about five people sitting in the pews. Every single Sunday we came and we were faithful because we believed God was leading us. Just last Sunday, I think we had like two, 225 uh, in attendance uh, over just a few months. One of the things we've been trusting God to do is that God will do for us what he's already done in providing this building for us. And we say it here often that every seat represents a potential decision for Christ. Every decision for Christ represents a potential disciple for Christ. Every disciple for Christ represents a potential destiny fulfilled. And that's why this is a big, big deal for us. It's not just numbers for numbers sake. It is the fulfillment of purpose and destiny. So Pastor Jesse's going to come and he's going to help me and Pastor Wendy. He's going to tell us, introduce the families that are uh, joining uh, this morning. Uh, 16 new families that we're adding to the fold. Pastor Jesse. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. We're happy, we're happy, we're happy, we're happy. Are you happy? We're happy today to welcome our new family members. First of all, I want to call out to you as Jason and Julie Henrietta. Aguilar. Aguilar. Come on down. Yeah.
We also have Justin and Latricia Belt. And you all. We also have Gregory Bradshaw. All right, Gregory Bradshaw. And we have William, Bill, and Brandy Cooksey. They're not going to come up to the stage, but they are also our Welcome new members. God bless you. Bless you. We have Maruvi Duncan. Ruby Duncan. And we have Dyrus and Bridget Gallum. God bless you, Ruby. Welcome to the family. And we have Keith and Trina Jones. Welcome to the family. No strangers but Shannon and Shamika Mosley. Welcome to the family. Jamie and Chandra Munoz. Yeah, come on down. Listen, it looks like we're going to need a bigger stage already, y'all. Come on, somebody. It's a beautiful thing. And all the little ones. Yes. <laughs> How are you, buddy? All we right. have Brenda Pouncil. All right, baby. Girl. And Candy Shackelford. Hey. Bless you, listen. And Brenda Bree Williams. Hey, love the glasses. Bless you. He's also a part of our media team. He's back there working. This is amazing. So good. God is so good. Amen. He's got a great name, Daniel. <laughs> All right, we're not sure these are here, but we want to announce their names anyway. Carl and Sharita Askew. Carl and Sharita. Jacqueline Clemens. Henrietta Dini. And Brandon and Kira Steele. Amen. Also a part of our family. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Come on, let's show our love for these beautiful families. Pastor Wendy, why don't you come? 
welcome, welcome, welcome home to Converge. Come on. We receive you with open arms and open hearts. Come on. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is awesome. <laughs> now, go ahead. If I'm not mistaken, I think we have, we have a gift for each family. Is that right? Okay. I thought we were going to give it to them on their way up, but when they walk off the stage. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Pastor Wendy. Well, behalf, on behalf of Pastor Ray and myself, the Converge family, and the kingdom of heaven, we yeah. welcome you. We are so very grateful you yes. are here. Yes. As long as you're here, you're going to continue to hear this prophecy that I received specifically as we were preparing to start a church. And that was in 2010. Uh, Ray's buddy from Liberia called. He was living in London. And so Ray was telling him, hey, we're praying about the church and everything. And he was so excited. And he said, oh, my brother, may I please <laughs> speak to your wife? And so, and I hadn't met him before. And he said, my sister, the Lord says you are worried about many things. Mm. We hadn't started the church yet. And I was like, okay, what, what does that really look like for us, for me, for our family? He said, I see you are worried about many things. But I see the feet yeah. of those the Lord is, is sending. Yeah. Yeah. He said, yeah. I see yeah. God will be sending you supernatural help. You were prophesied and promised to us in 2010. Yes, you were. And so Amen. your very presence speaks to us, me specifically, that God is not sleeping on us. Amen. That God is faithful and Amen. his word is true. And it wasn't immediate. That was 2010. This is 2023. But the word of the Lord yeah. still stands today. Yes, it does. So please don't take it lightly. We don't take you lightly that Amen. you've made this decision because you are an answer to prayer yeah. you are an answer to prophecy yeah. you are a part of the remnant that in this dispensation will call upon the name of jesus yeah. and jesus alone Amen. so we thank you we love you we're going to hold Amen. you tight Amen. yet hold you loosely we are here for God to use you whatever season. You might be here for just a, a little while. You might be here forever or where, wherever God has called you to in your ministry. So we're going to hold you tight, but you have the freedom to do what God has called you to do. Amen. And in this season right now today, we are so very grateful that he has given us a small part and being in your lives to help equip you and make you better for the work that he has called you to. So welcome home. Welcome Amen. home in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, this is what I can say just to echo what Pastor Wendy said. I still remember that phone call. Uh, but this morning I've just even uh, moved with emotion uh, because a lot of times I think as pastors we we we. Uh, we want to ask a commitment from the people that are uh, uh, becoming a part of our body. But this morning, I just feel prompted uh, to communicate to you uh, as new members of our family, our church family, and to you that are out in the pews. Whether you just want to visit, whether you're just kicking the tires, I want to communicate to you from God's word what our commitment is to you. Not asking what you can do for us, even though several of you 
on the stage have already uh, signed up and you're already serving on our serve teams. I think what's important this morning is to communicate to you our commitment to you as God's sons and daughters. Uh, my Bible's on the front row. This is not what I had in mind to share. I'm just having a God moment up here. And I think it's important for you guys to hear this. In Acts chapter 20, uh, Paul is on his farewell tour. He's planted churches, and they're thriving churches. He assembles the elders at the church at Ephesus. Because he's planted this church, and it's a thriving church, and it's a healthy church. But he gives the elders in that church, the leaders in that church, this admonition. In Acts chapter 20, this is what the Lord says through his servant, Paul. Is it okay if I read some scripture this morning? In Acts chapter 20 and verse number 28, this is the charge that Paul gives to the elders, the leaders in the church at Ephesus, and this is our commitment to you. Paul says to them in Acts chapter 20, beginning at verse 28, he says, therefore, take heed to yourselves as pastors, as leaders. Consider the fact that when you make a mistake, the impact of it is far-reaching. And there are people who are still reeling from the fact that pastors and leaders have not taken heed to themselves. We've made demands of people. But we haven't made demands of ourselves as we lead. And so Paul says to the elders, first of all, you take heed to yourself. Because the hardest person you will ever lead is yourself. Secondly, he said, take heed to the flock. How you love them. How you care for them. How you protect them. And how you feed them. He says, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. Notice what he says next. Among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Just in case, Pastor Ray and Wendy, you ever get it twisted and think this was your idea. We serve this church and this congregation because the Holy Spirit saw fit to use broken, imperfect people to lead his flock. So if there's ever a moment when Pastor Ray and Pastor Wendy get it twisted and start saying, this is my church and these are my people, y'all going to know something wrong. Because the scripture says the Holy Spirit has made us overseers, not owners. He goes on and he says, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to do what? To shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. So today... As you make this commitment to Converge Church, uh, we're communicating our commitment to you. That as God has seen fit 
by the Holy Spirit to make us overseers of this body, first we'll take heed to ourselves, and then we'll take heed to the church of God, knowing that everyone in this building was purchased with the precious blood Father, we thank you for your grace. None of this would be possible, God, without your goodness. Without your grace. So, Father, help us to love your people. Help us to serve your people. To take heed to ourselves. And take heed to the flock of God. And to serve your people, God, as overseers, not as owners. And recognize, God, that you loved each of us so much that you purchased us with the precious blood of your son, Jesus. God, would you make us a church that never loses sight of how much, how much you love us and the price you paid for us. Father, for everyone who has ever been wounded at the hands of a bad shepherd, God, would you heal? God, would you heal your people this morning? For everyone who has been afraid to trust the church, for everyone who has made you, God, pay for what man did to them, God, today would you heal. And God, would you help us serve your people with integrity for your glory. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. All right. Yeah. On that note, uh, we'd like to welcome you uh, as, as family, uh, not just into the body of Christ, but into the family of God right here at Converge Church. Amen. One more time, let's show our love for our family members. <laughs> Pastor Winner, let me see the cleanness. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen, amen. He had to be. Okay. I don't know about y'all. I'm ready for an altar call after that. I don't know about announcements. I mean, come on. Miss Andrea. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. I'm standing in for Pastor Jesse. I borrowed that from him, y'all. Guys, this is a great day to be here, and we are just so grateful to see every single one of you 
here in place. We want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time with us, guys, we borrowed this from Olive Garden, but we like it, so we're going to use that one too. When you're here, you're family. And so we are so glad to have all of you guys here. If you're, first, if you're a first-time guest, our pastors just want to connect with you. They want to greet you, shake your hand, thank you for joining us. And so we ask you to stop by the Welcome Center in the lobby at the end of the worship experience again, just so that they can say hello. They want to be able to give you a gift. It's just a token of appreciation and our way of saying thank you for choosing to be here. And we also like to collect a, collect a little bit of information from you. It's not to be invasive or intrusive, but we do have connection cards that we ask you to fill out. We are now going digital so we have a QR code at the yes come on at the merch table so you can fill that out virtually and it automatically goes into our system so if you see that QR code at the merch table or our guest service lead Mina Johnson can direct you to it scan that fill it out we just want to be connected with you in community so we appreciate that another way that you guys can connect in community with us is on our social media platforms you can find us on Facebook Instagram and YouTube at we are Converge. You can find us on TikTok at Converge Church. And can that's I say like, on that? I created an Instagram account about a year and a half ago, 12 years late, oh by the way, <laughs> just so I could follow. Yes. We are Converge. So if you're saying, well, I don't do social media, just get on so you can connect with us. Yes, it is another way. We really are connecting out there. We've got great content available. And so it's not numbers for numbers sake, but we want to connect in community, even in the digital that being said, welcome Converge Nation. We have people that join us online from across the country and around the globe, y'all. So we are connecting in that space as well. And also, if I'm up here, you know what I'm going to talk about, and that's Converge students. We meet every, yeah, make some noise yes. for our students. We meet every second and fourth Sunday back there in the rail. We're actually starting a new series next week called Hashtag Facts. Come on. We're actually diving in to the book of Acts, which Pastor Ray just read to us from. So you can deny the truth all you want, but it don't change the facts. Jesus is alive. Amen. And so that's where we're headed in Converge Students next week. And also, listen to me, parents, if you have a middle school or high school student, please get them signed up and registered to go to the concert. Uh, it's the final church closed tour concert. There will be a video that runs as soon as we finish this part of the, the program. Um, and you'll kind of see that's not just like a bunch of people coming together, holding hands, singing Kumbaya yeah. if you're a young person in here. Um, I don't know about you, like when I was, I'm going to date myself, it was about 20 years ago, I went to a cross-movement concert. Changed my life. And here's why. It exposed me to something that I had never seen. It was young people who looked like me, yes. acted like me, yes. on fire for the Lord. And we believe in this house when we can get our young people around other young people outside of the church walls who are on fire for God, it can be life-changing. Yes. You have no idea the gifts that your, your kids have. Some of them don't know. Some of them know and they're scared to use it. You don't have a, a clue of how much a, just one experience like this. They get an exposure and it ignites a fire in them to do something that they never thought they could ever do. So I just want to share that. And then, of course, uh, uh, it's discounted. Come on. <laughs> you know, if you buy from us versus actually buying from the, the, the venue, uh, uh, we're, we're able to do a discounted rate through uh, Converge. And we're providing transportation. We're going to load. Yeah, come on. Those gas prices keep going up. So that's, that you're saving on that as well. So 
Again, wait for the video after we finish this part um, um, of, of the service, but I'm telling you, you want to get them signed up. It's $35. Scan the QR code. It takes you right to the link. You can purchase them right now. We have a limited amount available, so I'm strongly encouraging you to get on that as soon as possible. And then finally, we have our V groups. Ladies, converge yes. her. Yes. Fellas, converge Fight Club. I'm going to tell you, I'm still chewing Come on life. the conversations and word we got yesterday morning at uh, Fight Club for the yeah, men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the women meet on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Yeah. back in the rail. Men, we meet on Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. in the rail. And uh, I, I just want to say this. This is awesome, what we do here, the corporate gathering. But it's the extension from here where life transformation yes, begins to happen. Yes, it was yes. so awesome to see some of the men that were just standing up here. I saw yesterday morning. Mm -hmm. And I got to hear some of their own stories. And that's what we do. I know I, I can't speak to y'all because I ain't been there. Uh -huh. But oh, I know in ours. That's what I've been hearing from my wife. But I know in ours, man, we're, we're going deep. Yes. We're, we're taking the gloves Amen. off. We're getting transparent with yes. each other. And we're about changing lives and walking through this thing together. Yes. So I hope to see... I hope to see the men next Saturday. Yes, ladies, this Wednesday. No, I'm good. I and to tag to team with too. Trey and what Thank he you. said, I think next Saturday is the last oh, one for Fight Club, but it's not too late, men. This sun, this Wednesday is the third one, and we only have a four-week winter semester, but we're gonna take maybe a brief break, and then we're coming back for the spring. And when I say a brief break, maybe a week-ish. So you have not missed it, y'all. It is never too late to connect in community the way we are Amen. during Converge Her and Converge Men. Amen. Thank you, Trey. I'm gonna make a little joke, but you know, y'all know what they say about never give a preacher a microphone. <laughs> Can y'all tell he is excited? And I love to see, I told him when he preached, I felt like a proud auntie. So every time I see him, I'm like, yes, Trey. But that's not why I'm up here. The last thing we want to make you guys aware of is next Sunday is Water Baptism Sunday. So if you made a recent first-time decision to follow Christ, or if you have been a Christ follower for a while, but you have not um, publicly professed your faith in Jesus through water baptism by immersion, next Sunday is your day. Next Sunday, right here during Converge Live, we will have water baptism. And so if you fall into one of those two categories, please, there will be a QR code on the screen. Just capture that QR code, fill out the information. We'll get all the pertinent details to you. But we want to celebrate this important faith milestone with you. Because again, here at Converge, one of the things we are is connecting in community. We will not do life alone. We want to celebrate with you. So scan the QR code. Fill out the details. We'll be in touch with you early this week on what all that looks like. And we're going to have a big old party next Sunday. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Trey.
Good morning, good morning, good morning. Are you happy to be here? It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about who? Him. Amen. Praise God. We thank you so much for coming today. It's a blessed life that we have. And we want to give you an opportunity as you have purposed in your heart to give unto the Lord. The Bible says the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And I pray today that we have come with cheerfulness in our heart to give unto the Lord Jesus Christ. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. Please fill the envelope out in its entirety. We would certainly appreciate it. You can also give by texting 77977. Give and put the dollar amount there and you can give that way. You can also give by going to weareconverge.com online. You can also down our app that we have, our Converge, Verge, our Converge app, and you can click on the give icon and you can give that way as well. You can also give if you have a Zelle account or if you would like to use Cash App. We want to give you an opportunity to give. But the key thing is to purpose in your heart with a cheerful attitude and bring your gifts to the Lord. The Bible says that God owns everything and we are to bring our first fruits unto him. And so we give you that opportunity today to do just that. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a good hairstyle today. Anybody got new shoes? Anybody got some new, sho new shoes? Ah, we got new shoes today. Somebody got new shoes. Amen. The Lord is good. That means we've been blessed. We've been blessed. Bow your heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have been good to us. And we thank you this morning. God, we give with cheerful hearts. God, we give because we want to give. We give because we love to give. We give, God, because of who you are in our life. God, you loved us and you gave your son Jesus that we might believe and receive salvation. And so, God, we just want to thank you today and bless your name. And so, God, we bring our tithes, bring our offerings. You have blessed us, and so we bless you. Father, we thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen. pastors have been talking about love and relationships and uh, what better song to bring that out than this song that I'm about to sing. So if you're with your spouse or your loved one or someone that's special, hold them close and enjoy this. It's an oldie but a goodie. like a dream to me that somehow came true and I know tomorrow will still be the same cause we've got a life of love that won't ever change and every special way 
pulled all my heart away with a smile. Take time to tell me you really care and we
righty. Can you guys hear me? Amen. Listen, let's show our love one more time for Randy Watson. Come on. Randy Watson was in the house. That boy can sing. And let's give it up for his band, Spiritual Chocolate. Randy Watson. Chuck Diesel. Awesome job, man. Listen, we like to laugh here at Converge Church, man. Laughter doeth good like a medicine. And just in case you're new to Converge and you're wondering why we're doing love songs in the middle of service, man, it's just one of the ways we celebrate. We celebrate relationships. We celebrate people. We celebrate marriage. And this is week three of our current sermon series uh, that we're calling for better or worse. It's one of the things that we do deliberately, intentionally here at Converge Church. We make an investment. We make a deposit in marriages is very deliberate. Typically, Pastor Wendy and I tag team these messages, uh, but we brought in some very special guests this morning, and I will tag team with them and, uh, and walk through some very important, uh, um, um, a very important conversation uh, around marriage, and in fact, um, uh, a very unique aspect of, I say unique, but it's, it's a sort of an aspect of marriage that impacts a significant number of people here in America and around the world. Uh, so uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guests this morning. They are no strangers to Converge, in, in, even though it's been a while since they've been with us, but every single time, man, they have knocked it out of the park. Uh, they are incredible communicators, and their ministry, their ministry was really born out of their own experiences. And uh, as a result of that, they saw an opportunity in the body of Christ, in the church, but also in the world, to speak to a very important demographic uh, that is slowly really becoming the majority uh, of families. Uh, without further ado, let's show our love as they come. Uh, Craig and Gina Morgan, co-founders <laughs> of Blended Together Forever. Amen. Gina, it's so good to see you. Thank you so much for being with us again. Blessings to you. How you doing, Craig? I'm good. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Come on down. Why don't you guys have a seat? And um, yeah, uh, let's chop it up for better or for worse. Uh, for those who, who are, who've never met you, right? Uh, who've never met Craig and Gina and aren't familiar with Blended Together Forever, I wanted you guys to take a moment to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do, and, uh, and the impact you guys are making uh, in the kingdom. Oh, we didn't give you a mic. I am so sorry. Uh, Trey, can you grab the other mic? I am so sorry. Here you go, Gina. Should be on. Host Mike, host one and two. Hello. There, there you are. There we are. There we are. Is host two on? Test one, two. I'm on. Let me grab the other one. There you go. Test. There we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep me away from technology. I've got the pros around here. Uh, first of all, what a joy for us to just be with you again. Oh, thank you. Thank the, you. Amen. The church, the worship service, the message, I'm going to start crying because you started yeah. crying. So if <laughs> you started it, just remember that. Uh, the Spirit <laughs> is here. Yeah. I mean, you could feel it. Mm. 
this is special. This is Thank so you. special. And I'm glad God gave me a sign. I was going to share a song that has been in my head for weeks. <laughs> and then I said, oh, but it's not, it's a, you know, I'm from the 70s. I, I graduated in the late 70s. So that song, woo! Amen. <laughs> And so when you sang that song, I said, thank you, God. I'm going to share my song. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be out of a hymnal. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, who remembers the, now this is dating us a little bit, but player. Yeah. The group, yeah, they sang, um, they, yeah, okay. well, it won that song. All right. Okay, it was the other one. <laughs> that was it. That's what they're known for. It was the other one. Uh, this time I'm in it for love. This time I'll do it to win. It's crazy to do it again. Are y'all saved? Yeah. <laughs> they know it. They know it. They know it. It's crazy to do it again. Second marriage. But how could I possibly lose? This time I'm in it for you. Ooh, wow. That awesome. song by Player, ever since Valentine's Day, <laughs> I heard it one of my shops in Frisco that I, I go into every now and then. And... Um, they had it on, and I said, oh, my God. I haven't heard that song since 1979, probably, oh, when wow. I graduated. And so I, when you sang that other song, I said, oh, I'm going to share. Because that song, the, the, those lyrics right there, yeah. to me, explain a little bit about Blended. How awesome. could I do it again? <laughs> so, <laughs> True. Honey, go ahead. Well, like you said, uh, you know, this ministry even was birthed out of a loss which is how blended families start. Uh, it's like the Cowboys, the first game, they go 0-1, or the Mavericks, they lose, and then they <laughs> keep coming back. So uh, we're, we're just grateful to, to be here again and to see what God has done. It is so obvious. The Holy Spirit has moved just incredibly with you guys since yeah. we were last with you. We feel it. We see it. And uh, I appreciate your humility. I told you, you started this. <laughs> He's a team player. I'm a big team guy. He's not owning anything. I appreciate what you shared with Acts, the verse and everything. And let me just say this. If you've been wounded like we have also by a church, we're sorry. Um, we're really sorry. You're loved here. You're accepted here. Period. Um, so... I, I didn't realize, I think maybe I should say this, um, we were at a church in Corsican, it was a large church, and the pastor was going to start what you're doing here, a group to carry the message and, you know, small groups, blended families and going forward. The first thing he did was he apologized to his congregation, Yeah. and he said, we just don't understand maybe some of the things that you deal with. And maybe we've said some things that have hurt you. And like one time, I remember him saying just from a practical, well, where are your kids? And he said, I didn't know that they had to split times with households. So one weekend was with mom and another weekend's with dad. And we just didn't understand. So that's just an example of how the church, I don't think they intentionally try to do it, but right. It happens. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Blended Together Forever, exactly what it is, you your target audience, and how you're impacting uh, families around the country, around the world. But, but before you do that, just to give some context, right, to the conversation, just give us some statistics, right, because you sent those over to me. Yeah. I mean, staggering right. and sobering as well. 
right. And there's a tremendous opportunity for us as the body of Christ, the church, uh, to speak uh, specifically to some of the, the blessings right. and also the burdens that come with, with blended families. Yeah. 40% of the kids in the United States are raised in a blended family. 40%. 40%. Yeah. yeah. There's 113 million adults that have at least one step relationship. 113 million. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll go a step further. This will be an eye-opener for you, Pastor. If you are divorced and remarried, if you're, and I'm just going to go north, south, east, west, that's it. If your mom and dad were divorced and remarried, if your son or daughter has been divorced or remarried, or your brother or sister has been divorced and remarried, raise your hand. Anybody, now I'm not going to embarrass anybody, oh, but, yeah, mine, but yeah. stand up. Stand up. Pastor, I want you to look around the room and see how many people have been affected by blending in some form. Maybe not personally, right. but somebody in their immediate family. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. That's the majority of the people here. Yeah. yeah. So the church needs to meet their needs just yeah. like you would anybody yeah. else's needs, any other programs. Yeah. But it's largely unaddressed. Yeah. And... So I appreciate you seeing the need. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let, let's speak to that a little bit. Uh, we've been in a series and we've been teaching from the parable of the lost coin. Uh, it's the story of the woman who loses one coin. And we talked a little bit about that in the first two weeks, right? That in Jewish tradition and Jewish culture, uh, the wife would receive a garland that had ten coins. Uh, each coin was a drachma, which was equivalent to a day's wages for someone who worked in the fields. Wasn't a lot, but it was extremely important. It had tremendous sentimental value. It would have been equivalent to a wedding band. Uh, and so losing a coin from that garland that you would wear on special occasions, especially parties and, and, and public events, was a big deal, right? Yeah. Uh, in fact, in Jewish culture, it was, a, uh, it was seen as someone who was careless or reckless. The scripture says when she recognized that there was a coin missing, she turned on the lights and we talked about what that means, right? Yeah. Uh, not just the recognition, but the urgency that we ought to apply to the areas of our marriage where we notice we're missing a coin. Right. We talked about five of these coins in the, the last two weeks. Today we're going to talk about a couple of those coins that, that affect right. blended families. It, it affects every family. It affects every marriage, but even more so uh, blended families, right? But when you recognize that you're missing a coin in your marriage, in your relationship, the response should be urgency. She turns on the light, all right? There's, there's nothing lackadaisical, nothing nonchalant, nothing indifferent about her response to what was missing. A lot of times we take sort of a blasé attitude in our marriages, in our relationships, and we think they will just self-correct, that it will just somehow automatically fix itself. Right. Part of what we're doing in this series is we wanna be intentional, number one, in identifying the coins that are missing, but then number two, giving urgency to turning on the light. And it says she swept the floor and didn't stop until she found the coin. Uh, we said the good news is, in Christ, lost things can be found. Absolutely. So everything we say in this series is intended to be redemptive. Uh, in its nature, because Jesus is redemptive. 
Uh, so two coins I want to throw out there uh, to you. I in fact, uh, we're going to jump into some of the content of your book. They've written an incredible book uh, that's available and, and a workbook and all of that. But I want to talk uh, quickly about two coins that so easily go missing in every interpersonal relationship, uh, uh, in marriage, but then also in blended families. And that is the coin of communication. The coin of communication. Uh, you've heard me say this before, uh, that uh, the difficulty with communication is the illusion that it has occurred. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. The challenge and the difficulty with communication is this illusion that we have that communication has actually occurred. Well, I said it. Well, I told you. Well, we talked about it. Does not equal communication. Because in communication, there's always a sender and there's always a receiver. And somewhere in between sending a message and receiving a message, there is a barrier called a filter, right. which determines not what they said, but how you heard what they said. And so when you bring people right, together from two right. backgrounds, right. blended or not, right. they come from two different backgrounds of communicating, uh, two different backgrounds of how they hear, Tell us a little bit about what that looked like for you and your family and how you guys were able to, to scale that barrier, navigate the barrier of communication in your marriage. Now, before you do that, uh, did you have kids? You had kids? You both yeah. had kids that you brought to the relationship? Gina had four. She had four, okay. I had two. How old were they, range? They're Youngest from, to oldest? From 10 to 2 back then when we when we blended. And we have one between. So literally his, mine, and our seven total kids and seven now grandkids. We've now been married 27 years. So we right. made it. Awesome. Okay. But you're, you're right about communication is a huge barrier, especially in a blended family. I'll just give you real practical stories. Yeah. She's got a son that uh, one of them, the, the youngest one, kind of embraced me real quick. But a uh, middle child of hers heard everything through that filter you just mm. said. It's like, you're not my dad, so I don't have to do what you say. Yeah. And even though that communication barrier, that's, that was the posture that he and I were in. Mm. As far as, why don't you talk about the marriage side from me and you. Well, with marrying with seven kids, we hit the ground running. Okay. So whatever he said, I probably didn't hear it. And whatever I said, he probably didn't hear it because mm -hmm. somewhere in between, we were running a business. We were running, it looked like a small youth group. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so people used to ask us in the airport, are y'all youth ministers? I said, well, I guess you could call it that, but we can right. spank these. <laughs> 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 right. And there's two of them that are going to get a spanking. When, we're going, when we get home, <laughs> there was always somebody going to be getting a spanking. <laughs> That's for sure. Right. Um, but communication, um, I'm going to tell you, sometimes it was tough. Mm. And uh, between our calendars, back then we had day timers. Uh, I still have a day timer. <laughs> <laughs> he does his on the phone, so we're very different. We're still different. Um, it, it was tough. And I will tell you, there were mountaintops 
and there were valleys. Mm. Sometimes I felt like we were going to camp in those valleys for a long time. It felt like we were on an extended trip. Not a vacation, uh, but a trip, and it wasn't a good trip. Um, so I want to encourage you, um, when or if the time comes and there needs to be a third party to help, I am so grateful we had a great life coach because there were times where we just, it looked like this, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you can work it out and agree to disagree. I never liked that word, agree to disagree, because that just didn't work with me, okay? <laughs> uh, I would follow him to his study because we were not going to agree to disagree. <laughs> That's the way those things went sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we were both uh, kind of a, that kind of personality. Um, mm -hmm. So God taught me a lot over years, and it took me a while, probably a little longer than it should have, mm -hmm. that you don't follow your man to his cave all the time. And I, may, I'm, I might be going down a rabbit hole here. And all the men I said, <laughs> dilly, dilly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> dilly, dilly. <laughs> don't follow up the head into his cave. Dilly, dilly. Yes. But women, okay, to you, uh, and I had to learn this a long way, a long time, wrong way. God can do a lot more in about this amount of time Come on. that I can do, you know, yakking it up for an hour. Amen. And after one minute, <laughs> he's already glazed over anyway. So um, I did have to learn that, um, but it, and, and it took a while. But um, and then we had different communication styles, mm. um, very different. Uh, I was well. You never had to wonder what I was thinking. That's, <laughs> that's true. Amen on that one as well. Part of the problem. So that was just kind of how my, how my, we would go too long without getting things out, and then it would just come out with both barrels. That's not the way to handle it either. So, guys, we should be giving you all a lot of hope right now that we've made it 27 years. Yes. That you can do a lot of wrong things, and God mm. still has grace and love, mercy, forgiveness, um, a lot of forgiveness, yeah, and that he can still do such a work. Quick question, because uh, the wheels are turning up here. Okay, yeah. uh, uh, so early on, you guys, you guys have your blended family, all right? You have uh, um, uh, seven kids. Right. Uh, there's always this point where you have to decide uh, and kind of navigate this whole idea of yours, mine, ours. Right. Okay. Uh, one of the things we encourage couples to do in parenting, period, regardless of whether they're blended or not, is uh, presenting a united front Absolutely. to the children, right? Because if the children see uh, mom thinks this, dad thinks this, they will exploit that. Absolutely. How, do you, how did you guys present a united front? Uh, I mean, when it came to discipline and correction, did she correct her kids? You corrected your kids? Because uh, I've seen it. Because don't talk to my kid like that. Right. Uh, in blended that situations. That was me. Right? It, that was you? Yes. So how did you guys navigate that? Because I really want to give the people practical tools right. if these things are happening, right. and this is, that's a communication right. uh, <coughs> barrier or a challenge right. that, can hap that can occur. Yeah, in our book, one of the main statements that we'll say is, if there is any discipline, like go to your room, no TV, you're grounded this week, whatever, it should be done by the biological parent. Okay. Because they just have got the history, mm -hmm. they've got you know, automatic love and acceptance, they've been around longer, and the other should be there mm. showing a united front, mm. but the actual bad cop, so to speak, if I can use that as a term, yeah. should be done by the biological parent. Good. And then over time, mm. again, over time, mm. some kids, a long time, mm. 
and sometimes a little less time, but over time, that step parent will actually have more authority in their life because it's trusted, but connect first before correcting. Connect before you correct. Yes. I think that's powerful. The way we see it here is rules without relationship Absolutely. equals rebellion. That's right. A lot of times uh, uh, parents don't take the time to cultivate a relationship with the kid. Uh, what they give them is rules. And we make parenting about compliance. Do what I say and do it because I said so. And don't ask me, wh- ask me how high. That style of parenting is about compliance. The ultimate purpose of parenting is not compliance, do what I tell you, even though there's a place for that. The ultimate purpose of parenting is character development. Meaning, if they're no longer under your roof, where you're telling them what they can and cannot do, do they still have the character to make the right decision? I got a daughter halfway across the world. Well, half, as a parent. She's in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> She's not halfway across the world. (laughs) It feels like it. But man, as a 19-year-old freshman, one of the reasons we can rest, right, is the fact that we we didn't parent her with a compliant style of parenting. We developed character in her so she has the ability and the fortitude to make the right choices. Uh, But when you say give it time, that time will produce trust, yep. and that trust will give us influence, right. and that influence will allow us to parent them right. uh, accordingly. And, and from a husband and wife, just a real practical perspective is Ephesians 5. Husbands are commanded to love their wives, and they're commanded to respect husbands. That doesn't mean I'm going to use authority say, you're supposed to respect me. Right. I'm supposed to serve, die, love her, mm-hmm. for her, mm-hmm. and then when that's in alignment... It's easy for her to respect me and follow me and, and, and lead with me. Plain and simple. Right. It's, it's the alignment of, yeah. of the way the Lord had it. In fact, you guys have a chapter in your book on realignment. Right. Uh, what, what's that about? Unpack that, that for us. That was huge for me. Okay. Um, it, was, it was a story. I had two kids before Gina and I married. And so I had this little one-bedroom apartment on the second floor. And we would come down the stairs, and I'd take them to school. And they played this game, shotgun, which obviously means I get to ride in the front seat with Dad, mm-hmm. and the other one's got to get in the back. And so God used that as I was going. When she came into my life, I can't say, hey, Gina, get in the back. <laughs> I thought, wait, that dog won't hunt that way. Uh, no. <laughs> hey, kids, um, I need to realign the seating. Why don't y'all get in the back? I'm going to put Gina in the front, and we are going to take you to school. Mm. Well, that creates some tension, like, wait a second. We were doing fine. We finally got through some pain, and now who's this woman that's going to mess up what we've got going with Dad? And over time, it has to realign. Because if for your marriage to work, yeah, blended family or not, the marriage has got to come first, and the kids have got to come second. Absolutely. Plain and simple. And there's so much. Say, th- say, that, say, that, say that one more time. Because I think a lot of people don't get that, right? They don't. They don't. And that's they what don't. I'm saying. You know, the marriage, for you to work, yeah. your family, yeah. the marriage has got to come first, and the kids have got to come second. Yeah. But if you've been through pain, like we have, 
there was a time where my kids were definitely first and Gina was definitely second. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just some story about, hey, hop in the back seat. That's how I was treating her. She knew I loved my kids, and here it was my own fear. I thought, well, I've been burnt before. I've been hurt before. Right. You know, I don't know if I trust you. I, I trust my kids. So subconsciously, I was actually p elevating them to, a all right, wait, this isn't going to work. Right. You have to realign, and that is one of the chapters in there, yeah. to realign. That's what realignment is. No, that's you. Right. And I but I want to add to that. Mm -hmm. if, we, if, if you could have a card on your mirror every morning that said, walk in the shoes of your kids and your, for, just for this example, your stepkids. We don't like that word, but when we're trying to, you know. Just teach. To teach. That's it. We, we use that word. If you could walk a day in their shoes and know what they're going through, how broken their hearts are, how this is nothing that they ask for, they don't have a vote in it. Right. Just because you're happy and in love, like I was, I thought it, all of them were going to be happy and in love, mm. but they aren't. They're left back, you know, back, way back, still trying to figure out what happened. Right. And just because we came ahead and fell in love and we're going to blend all these kids, I thought we're just going to be one big happy family. This is going to be so much fun. Mm -hmm. And we did have a lot of fun times. But there are those times when his kids, you know, if it weren't for them, no. And then his were, you know, if it wasn't for her kids and her boys. Mm. I mean, there yeah. were those times. But to always put yourself in their shoes, your heart goes to a different place then. Yeah. It goes to a whole different place. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So when I started tr really traveling the tracks of her kids, she helped me big time. She made this statement, right? She said, well, Craig, you always were close with your dad, and he was with you. How would you feel if all of a sudden at 12-year-old, all of a sudden your dad is clicked out of your life? How would you feel? I thought, whoa, I never thought about that. Yeah. That's how her boys felt. Yeah. So it gave me a whole lot more compassion Huge. to try to understand what they're dealing with. And I think when you do, just take it off of you and try to put your eyes on the, it makes you see a whole lot more yeah. through compassion lies. We didn't learn that till seven years in. Yeah. It was seven years. We had, matter of fact, we had, we had uh, it was so bad, our life coach sent us to a boot camp. She said, okay, you know what, I'll deal with y'all. Go to this first. Go to this marriage enrichment boot camp, life enrichment boot camp. And it was tough. Mm. Uh, it was four days of really tough. Yeah. <laughs> Peeling back every layer. And that was probably our seventh year into our, our marriage. Yeah. And it, it was it was uh, it was it was life changing. Yeah, and <coughs> if I can add one other thing, sure. it takes about seven years for a blended family to truly integrate. I know you don't want to hear that, but you want this to be practical, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, but 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 let me let me say this. This is a theory. I can't prove this. I don't have the data on this. When we blended, the reason it took us so long, <laughs> there was nothing. It was the blind leading the blind. We felt like the pioneers getting the arrows in the back. We didn't know how to do anything, so everything was trial and error, trial and error, trial. Yeah. Today, now with the resource that we brought for you guys, you don't have to learn everything the hard way. Right. <laughs> you know, there are, there's ways to expedite some of it. But again, she's giving you a healthy expectation. It's going to take some time. Right. Don't expect it overnight. Um, yeah. All families are different, so don't don't uh, compare yourself to another blended family. Everyone's different. Right. 
all your kids go at different paces. Some will be more accepting than others earlier on, and some it will take a little time. Right. Um, but slow and easy does it is much better. Yeah. Uh, just to, to, to um, piggyback off of the comment you made about uh, if, if the, the marriage isn't working, right, it, it impacts the family. You have to prioritize the marriage. In, in Liberia, we have this proverb, and it says, when two elephants fight, the grass suffers. But two elephants fight, they, they can beat each other up and go their way, but where they fought, that grass, mm-hmm. is permanently damaged. Absolutely. It's true in marriage as well. If two elephants, mom and dad, husband and wife, right. can't manage their conflict in a healthy way, the grass suffers. Yep. So it's, it's extremely important uh, that as husband and wife, as parents, that we get it right. Right. Incredible chapters in your book, uh, and, and, and we're still on the coin of communication. Uh, 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 I saw a couple of things in here, uh, chapters. Uh, here, here, here's the first one. Uh, uh, there's a chapter here on two things, healthy expectations, and then another chapter on fighting faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, unpack those two things. So, sure. so you've got two families coming together. Uh, you've got your expectations. There's conflict. How do you manage, uh, create healthy expectations, but then also fight fair? Yeah. You were laughing, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he always lets me go on the ones that I did the worst in. Because <laughs> <No, laughs> he wants me true. to go ahead and share that. Yeah. How I did not fight fair. <laughs> so a life, I'll do the my expectation. life coach helped on that too. So I had to learn how to fight because I had a very unhealthy way of fighting. Like I said, I would just come at him with both barrels versus mm. sitting down and just ex- talking, explaining. Um, so that was some baggage I brought in. So also helping each other unpack the baggage is important as well. So yeah, that's so true. I mean, when you're, when you're fighting fair, you're really trying to be an active listener first. Good. You're not trying to spew your feelings and let me tell you what you did or let me tell you how I feel. Well, okay, we'll get there. But first, try to be understood. I mean, try to understand yeah. rather than be trying to be understood. It just puts you in a, the better posture. It's like you said, I, you're speaking so loud I can't hear you. If there's anger in the room, and yeah. it, it won't communicate. What's the connect. other one you would tell me? What attracts uh, honey? Bees. What was that saying? You attract bees with honey a lot more than you do yeah. vinegar. I probably heard that a hundred times <laughs> <laughs> our first two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would withdraw to the cave, as she said, to yeah. try to just diffuse the emotion. Like, we'll yeah. address it, but this is not the right time because yeah. so fighting fair, that's yeah. just a real practical step. Try to understand. Mm. And when I tried to understand what she was feeling, thinking, and really listening with no emotion, I mean, try to diffuse any emotion because if you're yelling, it's not going to get through. It's not going to get through. And so, and so, Wendy and I, uh, uh, probably about maybe it was around year seven, maybe eight, uh, we had to come up with our own. Here it is, our own rules of engagement. Uh, and part of that's just because of my background in the military, right? Because there's there's there are rules of engagement, uh, 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 even in conflict. And so we had to communicate to each other what is going to work, and what's not going to work when we fight. Now, listen, conflict is inevitable. Misery is optional. 
Most people choose their misery because they don't learn to fight fair and navigate conflict in a healthy way. So, so we had to come up with rules of engagement. One of my rules of engagement is if, if you want me to, if you want something out of me, <laughs> you got to manage your decibels. There's a certain volume. <laughs> There's a certain volume threshold when your boy going to shut down. It, 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 you ain't going to get nothing out of me. That, that, it ain't going to work for me, right? The second thing I did, it was like, okay, so, um, no, no, I ain't going to tell all our business. But listen, listen, here, here, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. You know, what we had to learn, what I had to learn from her is that anger is a secondary emotion. That's right. That masks how we really feel. Right. So there's something under the anger That's right. that we need to communicate through so that we can get to. But here's the problem now. Here's the problem, right? Most of our communication is unsafe. It's unsafe. So I, I can't even get to, to that level because if I tell you how I really, it's easier for you to deal with my anger than for me to allow you to, to get to my emotions, my, my, how, I, how I really feel. So, so there's five levels to communication. You, you guys know that. I'll go fast. I'll go fast. And, and something you said triggered this thought because you talked about how busy you were. You both had your businesses going. And unfortunately, busyness can become a distraction sure. from the real issues that we need to address. Right. Come on, Dr. Seuss. Busyness <laughs> can be a distraction That's right. from the real issues we need to address. Uh, and, and, so, and so what happens in communication, right? Uh, uh, oh we, yeah. we, we, we allow those distractions. Level one is just cliche. You know a, a relationship isn't healthy when, when the communication is only, hey, what's up? How you doing? You all right? Okay. The next level is facts. We just talk about facts. Right. You're picking up the kids today? What time is the game? Da-da-da-da. And, and your conversation revolves only around your calendar. The third level, though, is where it gets very tricky. Because the third level is when you communicate to your significant other your ideas and your opinion. Most people mask their true feelings with anger because the person that they're in a relationship with is too unsafe for them to communicate their ideas mm -hmm. and their opinions. Because you know what they're going to do? They're going to slap it down. Oh, that's dumb. <laughs> Where'd you come up with that? That's stupid. These are, this is the way people communicate. And, and so because people can get to level three communication, they live only in level one and two, which are cliches, and they just deal with the facts. Now you can deal with the facts for years and manage your household. The kids will get to where they need to go. You'll be where you need to be, but you never experience true intimacy because you're too unsafe to communicate your ideas and your opinions. Level four, you ain't never going to get to level four if you can't even tell them your ideas because level four is when you communicate your emotions. This is how I really feel. That's why the scripture says that Adam and Eve were both naked, here it is, and unashamed. It speaks of a physical nakedness, but it goes beyond that. There was an emotional transparency and vulnerability that said, I could be totally exposed without fear of repercussion. That you will use this against me. Right. And most couples, unfortunately, are angry. And they can't get to the root of the issue 
because that anger is a secondary emotion that's masking their feelings, but you are too unsafe for me to tell my true feelings. Here's the last thing I'm going to say. Uh, you talked about this. Because a lot of times in communication, we listen or we hear to respond. We're all about the crap back. We don't listen to understand. We listen to formulate our response. And our response is usually filled with venom. But notice what, what James said, though. This is what James said. James said this. James chapter 1, he said, be quick to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. See the progression? I'm slow to wrath if I'm slow to speak. And I'm slow to speak if I'm quick to hear. Most of us are slow to hear, quick to speak, and therefore we are quick to wrath. So what you said about active listening is a game changer in right. communication. Yep. You know, I thought, I thought about something real quick. I just want to say, have you guys ever, is there anybody out there that have ever, you had, you've had a friend, a couple friend, or someone that you know, that they've raised their kids, you know, everything rocked along fine, and after their kids left and they were empty nesters, they divorced? Anybody? Recently we've yeah. heard of a few. Yeah. And I sit there and I think, how did... Are you kidding? They just got through raising all the kids. They're gone now, and then now they divorce? Why? He just said why. Because all they did was have conversation about schedules, and who picks up who, and this, and the business, and the work. And that was was their only way of communicating. communicating. And then when all of that left, they didn't even know who each other was. They didn't allow themselves no. to, to, to get to level three and it or even level four. Right. Yeah. It happens it every does. day, it and does. it's shocking. And then we became empty nesters, and I kind of a little bit felt like, like, okay, who are you? <laughs> so, and so <coughs> we just, and all this is the way it is with a blended. You hit the floor running because you have kids. You know, forget the honeymoon. You're trying to survive. Right. And then we just started our honeymoon like six years ago. So all the kids left, and uh, so I was used to all kid things and a lot of kid activities, and I did. I looked in the mirror one day and said, who, who are you? Who are you without your kids? So it was the, it, I, I wasn't quite prepared for that, but, but I knew we weren't going to let what I've heard so many couples do, mm. and that is they, 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 quit, they quit then yeah. because they have nothing in common. They don't know each other. It's right. all just been non-communication, just the communication about schedules. Yeah. And that is so easy to fall into. Yeah. Um, the book, The Five Love Languages, helped us a lot to learn how to communicate because if you're not communicating in your spouse's love language, it's falling on deaf ears most likely. It really is. And whatever your spouse, whatever your love language is, Hint, hint to the other per- the other spouse. It's probably what they do for you, okay? Right. That's right. usually that person's love language. Mm. So that's it. But the book is wonderful. Yeah. And it does teach you. Okay, so, <coughs> man, y- listen, they got some juicy stuff in the book. How many copies did you bring? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You there, don't know? There's, okay. There's a lot. Listen. 30. 30. 30 to 32. You need to make a beeline to get the book. Because real quick, uh, uh, we're we going to change gears, communication. There's stuff, sure. a lot of stuff in here about. Uh, I think this will be helpful, practical stuff. Uh, chapter or week number nine. Week number nine. Mm-hmm. Ex-spouse, friend or foe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
You want to go there? Should we? Or should we do something else? No. We can go there. We can Y'all want him to go there or no? Y'all. <laughs> Ex-spouse, friend, or because, uh, you know, again, these are things for people to consider. And these are probably some of the, the, the barriers that some families experience when they choose to become blended. And it's going to tie into the first point about communication. Okay, let, me, good. let me explain something. There is, uh, in a practical sense, you could have your ex-spouse where you could be just an enemy. That's one extreme. The other extreme, which doesn't happen a whole lot, but you could be like perfect pals and you could you mm. know, try to do it that way. But there's a middle ground, which we call cooperative colleagues. The marriage has ended, but not the parenting relationship. Good. Mom will still be the mom. Dad will still be the dad. So how do you co-parent and do that well for the benefit of the kids? Because mm. co-parenting is not about your ex. It's all about the kids. And so what you've got to keep is the emotion out of, well, you hurt me or you did this. or Well, that's going to be – that's not the purpose of co-parenting. The, you agree to co-parent for the benefit of the kids. And the easiest way would be if we could talk, I'd say, I know you want the best for our children, and you know I want the best for our children. Right. So if we could co-parent together for their benefit, it would be healthy and it mm. would be good. Mm. That doesn't happen all the time. If that can't have be a conversation – we would suggest write a letter and tell them your words because there's no emotion. Just let them see, read the letter. Mm. Um, and uh, but you want you want your ex, if possible, to be a cooperative colleague for the benefit of the kids. Yeah, very good. There's another chapter. I want to say it's week ten, uh, and I don't know how much consideration we give to this particular uh, area of of blended families or family period. But there's a chapter you guys have here called Step Money. Right. Let's talk about that step money. <laughs> Who won't? <laughs> Can we teach that real quick? Let, let's talk about that <laughs> yeah, step here's, money. Here's Gina's line. Go ahead. Okay. She's got it down. What's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. Mm. <laughs> See, Monica agreed with that one. <laughs> can, I, can I say something about that? Of course. Please do. No, no, no. No, no. Here, here's, what, here's what I want to point out about, about that because a lot of times this is what it looks like. What's mine is mine. What's yours is mine. But there are people who don't get to the point where they say, what mine, what's mine is yours. Right. Did y'all see that? Mm -hmm. What's mine is mine. What's yours is mine. But what's mine is not yours. Right. There are some people who live that way. They have an expectation that what's theirs is theirs. Right. What's yours is mine. But what my, what's mine will never be yours. Right. Because there are a lot of people who are that selfish. Right. So. So let's talk about step money. Sure. Um, I figured out a long time ago, me plus God is the wing solution, not me by myself. Mm. So when you understand money is just a tool that the Lord is allowing to flow through your hands yeah. for the benefit of the church, your family, to provide, whatever, you don't hold it so tight. It's Good. not mine. Just like you, you deliberately, you know, this is not your church. This is this is God, and you're God's a house. steward. You're just a manage. Period. Yes, sir. So if you ever try to, and people do have a tough time with money, as as we know, mm. um, 
So, yeah, there's, there's some good stuff in there. You don't want to give it all away. You, I'm not going to give it you all away. You need to buy the book. That's what he's saying, right? He ain't going to give you all the good stuff. So, listen, h- here it is. Uh, let, let's shift gears to the second coin, okay. right? Because I'm looking at the time. We've got to sure. let you go. Sure. Uh, uh, but, but second coin uh, is the coin. Uh, you all ready? This is coin seven. Uh, coin seven is the coin of compromise. So, Levi plays basketball, and, and at his age, they don't do jump balls. Uh, what they do instead is if, if they're all wrapped up in the ball or whatever, on the first, on the first, the first time it happens, uh, let's say the home team will get the ball. The next time it happens, the away team will get the ball. So instead of doing a jump ball, uh, the statistician and the referee, they got it figured out. Okay, the last time they were all tangled up, that team got the ball, now it's B team's turn, right? A lot of times in marriage when there's conflict, right, uh, we have to get to a place of compromise, a way you reconcile. Absolutely. Not everybody gets what they want all the time, right? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, what does that look like in terms of compromise? And let me just read this definition. A compromise is the decision. Y'all hear that? Yep. It's a decision. It's not a feeling. That's right. Because you won't always feel like conceding. But you decide to concede. Not because it's best for you, but because it's best for everybody. Mm -hmm. It is not a feeling, it is a decision. Feeling will follow later. Compromise is a decision to settle a disagreement or a dispute. Here it is, by mutual concession. Mutual concession. Uh, the word concession is defined as a, thi- here it is, I love this. Concession is defined, at, can you all hear me? It seems like my mic is going in and out. Concession is defined as a thing that is granted, especially in response to requests or demands. Here's what one I like, a preferential allowance. That when I concede, I'm giving the other person that I'm in relationship with a preferential allowance, meaning I'm going to prefer them over myself. Exactly. And that's why Romans 12 says it this way, in honor. Absolutely. Giving preference yep. to one another. You know what compromise is about? It's about honoring the other person. And deferring to them and preferring them. So let's talk about concession. Because, again, I don't even know if concession is about 50-50. Because what they do in Levi's basketball games is, oh, we're going to make it equal. You're going to get the ball one time. You're going to get the ball one time. You're going to get the ball one time. And that's why we say, meet me halfway. Concessions aren't always about meeting someone halfway. Sometimes you're going to have to go all the way. Anyway, yeah, Craig. Yeah, um, it's putting yourself at the bottom. Um, it's about we over me. What's what's best for we? Not Very what's good. best for me. Mm. And I think if you just have that posture, you'll get there. Mm. Um, and just like you were saying, communication. If there's anger involved, mm. where'd you learn that? Mm. Go back. And is that what you want to pass down to your kids? Yeah. No. 
one of the things that we said, even though we both went through a divorce, we both said, if, if we will go through what we did and our kids won't, it would be worth it. Mm. You know, Good. it's about them. It's Good. not just about our marriage. It's about their marriage. We're seeing a bigger vision, a bigger picture. It's like, what do we want to pass down to them? We want them to have a successful marriage and family and communicate well and know how to compromise. Right. So well, talk I, about what we've done. You know, th there's been times when we, when we haven't agreed on things, and I knew in my heart, remember the story I told you when God told me about don't follow him to the cave anymore? You, you let me, you let me handle him? Okay, there's a place, and, and I'm just telling you, this is what I've done. This is what I believe, and this is what I know has worked in my heart, in my spirit, and I knew it. There's times when I may not agree totally with him, but because God has put him in charge, now we're co-CEOs, we discuss things, but not all the time do we agree. But I'm not trusting him, I'm trusting God. Yeah. Good. Okay? Good. I'm trusting God with him in that decision. Yeah. And when you look at it that way, it's altogether different. Because when I trusted God and didn't follow him around there to a study, he came out of his study yeah. a lot quicker, a whole different man. So when, good. When I let God do the. Yeah. So there are times when I know I could plead my case and get my way. I could. I really could. But I know it probably isn't going to turn out very good in the long run. So Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Don't you guys appreciate Craig and Gina? Listen, we could do this all afternoon, but this is what we want to do. Tell us about some of the resources you bought, okay. I mean, you brought uh, this morning. Right. Well, first of all, we want to give you this leader guide, building blocks to making the family whole oh, thank again. You. Thank you. Fantastic. Right, so give it up for Pastor Ray. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Listen, let me tell you how, 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 how much of a big deal this is. You see that little gold seal right there? Tell us what this is. It's a big deal. I know what it is. Tell us what it the is. The Christian Literary Association gave it the People's Choice Award after we yeah. wrote it. Put yeah. Together. Yeah. And awesome. It, thank you. And it was a God thing because we thought we were going to just tell our story, but because the church has little to any resources, right. God directed us to write more of a workbook curriculum. So in that book that you've got is the scripture guide and the fill in the blanks. But we bought the participants guide knowing that you want to develop your blended families right here yeah. at Converge Church. And yeah. so that's out there. Um, and we also had a on parchment paper a Ten Commandments for Blended Families. Oh, wow. wow. And it's really cool because one of the Ten Commandments, it just says, identify the real enemy. Because at times I thought she was the enemy. Mm. At times I thought her kids were my enemy. I thought, are we even on the same team? We're in the same house. You know. So, but it's ten commands. So, those are the two things at the resource table. Oh, fantastic, fantastic! We're out of time. We're out of time. But listen, we're going to do this again. What y'all think? To. Should we do it again? We're definitely going to do it again. Uh, thank you guys so much. The team can come uh, again. Resources are available. Um, tell us where to to go online. Yeah. Uh, if we want to find additional resources or find out where you are, what you guys are doing, that kind of stuff. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you can find us on social media. If you're on Facebook, just just blended together forever. And also on Instagram and also YouTube. Those are the three social media channels. We've got a couple of friends out 
that are going to be at the table. So if you've got some questions, pick up a wristband that says blend it together forever. Give it to a friend. Uh, but it's all out there. Fantastic. Awesome. Let's do this. Um, uh, Craig, can we can we can you pray for us? I'd would love you, would to. you and Gina pray for uh, our church for for the families here, uh, for those who might be walking through a hard place, man, and uh, yeah. that they'll they'll see and experience what you guys have experienced, uh, uh, just the, the 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 healing and the restoration and and the redemptive work of God That'd in your great. marriage. That'd be great. Would you do that, Father? Thank you so much for being here today, and for. Pastor Ray and Wendy and the church. We pray that today's message will reach the hearts of the men and the women that are in this room. It's about their kids, too. Yes, it's about sir. the grandkids, even great-grandkids. The legacies that we want to leave in our marriage, the legacies we want our families to be known for long after we're dead and gone. I pray for the gift of communication Maybe somebody needs to learn where they learned how to communicate through anger and go, I'm not passing that down. It may have been to me, but I'm changing that. Yes. Maybe divorce was passed down, and like Gina and I, we said, no more. Not our kids, not our grandkids. Whatever it is, I pray for every person in this room. Yeah. Give them the courage. Give the courage to have the tough talk and be before you honest. Change the legacies of marriages in the church, Father, for your glory, God, and families. Start right here today and multiply this, please, for your glory. Thank you again for Christ. He paid it all. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you receive that this morning? Converge. Awesome. Uh, Craig and Gina are going to be at their, their product table in the lobby. They'd love to meet you, hug your neck. Make sure, listen, we want them to leave empty-handed. That means you're going to buy every book, all their resources. You're going to resource yourself so that you can grow. Pastor Jesse, why don't you come? Is Pastor Jesse in here? Why don't you come and uh, bless us out? Uh, for those of you who have been interested in water baptism, our water baptism service is going to be next week. We're super excited. I think we have about six that will be following the Lord. Yeah, in water baptism. If you are interested in being baptized, it's going to happen during our worship experience next Sunday. We're super excited about that. And uh, make sure you sign up in the lobby. I believe there's a QR code. Is there one? It's on the screen. You can. Well, I don't know if they'll be able to get it. I think it's probably a little. They can still get it. We, even with a drum shield? Okay. Uh, scan that QR code and uh, we'll register you for water baptism as you go public with your faith. Why don't you stand with us, Pastor Jesse, if you would, please come. One more time for Craig and Gina Morgan. Amen. The Lord's been good to us today. The most important thing I think it is that we take heed to what we heard. We can take heed and make application. God will bless whatever you touch. We touch it on purpose and be intentional about it uh, and take heed about it. We can have great relationships, however they may be. Amen. Bow your heads and let's pray.
God, we thank you today that you are who you are in our lives. God, let us not walk out of here and not be mindful of our purpose, of our goal, to allow you, Jesus, to be seen in our relationships, that Jesus can be seen in our parenting, in our husbanding, in our wifing, God, in our friending, that whatever relationship it may be, that we seek understanding, we open up our hearts, we listen, and we pay attention. We consider others better than ourselves. God, let us be mindful of that, that Jesus gets to be seen in me. Thank you, Father. Bless our church in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we'd love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurchandweareconvert.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. You could also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.